Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Halos in the Infield podcast with your host, Todd Fox. I'm doing a solo episode, as did Fernando the other episode, because of our busy schedules. Fernando's on his way to another state right now. I believe it's New Jersey, plus he's doing a, a move and an upcoming wedding. And then I've just been boggled down with work. So we're trying to get through this and be on the same page, and we'll be there eventually. We're going to have some uh, co-hosts in, in between, but uh, he couldn't get one last week, and I couldn't get one this week last minute because it was sort of like hit and miss but with uh, both of us on our schedule. So we apologize, but we'll have something to, uh, to give you here, some more content and then we're going to also be uh, back to normal here in a couple weeks uh, after everything settles down but uh, for the most part let's talk about the halos which which you're here to to talk about and listen to uh you know talk about with others as i as i should say the angels uh, uh we're gonna touch on the series that was the new york mets which just finished up this evening and then also we're gonna talk about the dodgers the big rival series the two game series that's set to start on tuesday and wednesday at the chavez latrine i hate those bastards with a passion um so we're gonna talk about that series and then also we're gonna get into uh, you know, kind of go over the 14 game losing streak a little bit, kind of bring that up and see where this team can go. Because as I brought up on my post game show, this season has been a book so far. The Angels are writing a story. We've had a few chapters in between the uh, start of the season, uh, the, the great start, the first place and everything. The roses are red. Uh, you know, everything is just you know, sunshine and lollipops. And then all of a sudden we hit that skid. That's a new chapter. We lost Joe Madden. There's all kinds of turmoil. And then this next chapter, I believe, is how do we recover with Phil Nevin at the helm right now? So we're going to get into all that. So we hope you like and subscribe to our YouTube page and check this podcast out and like it. Give us a five star. That helps us move up. So wherever you guys can do that, we really appreciate it. Check us also out on Twitter and uh and uh instagram and facebook if you can if you haven't already done so so with that being said let's jump into what happened with the mets and the angels uh in that series that was which started on friday the mets unfortunately would get their 39th win of the season go to 39 and 21 the angels would fall four games under 500 a season high for them as they lost to the new york mets uh by the score of seven to three 13 hits surrendered by the angels starting staff uh, the Angels had three runs on nine hits. The uh, Mets had seven runs on, uh, like I said, 13 hits. Um, Lagaris went one for five. Otani, one for four. Anthony Rendon went 0 for three in an RBI or a walk. I'm sorry. Jared Walsh had, went two for four. The only guy that did something in this game was Brandon Marsh. He went three for four, two home runs, and three RBIs. The Angels left a lot of guys on base again. My boy, Andrew Velasquez, which I say my boy loosely, I've been critical on him because of his slumping, and I'll tell you why in game two when I go over that. But in game one, uh, he went 0 for 4, a couple strikeouts. Uh, His defense has been keeping him in the lineup, but for how long? You know, you have Matt Duffy, you have Wade, you have uh, Fletcher on the men at the end of next month, I believe, should be good to go or should be good to go sometime in July. And then, uh, like I said, you have Renifo knocking on the door as well. The pitching in this game, again, I don't understand it. I've been critical of the six-man rotation. I want them to get back to a more traditional five-man rotation. I think that six-man rotation under Madden was Madden's thing. I think that was a way to stretch out some of these pitchers coming off injury like a Syndergaard and guys like that. 
But I think right now you got to stop babying these starting pitchers and you got to let Diaz, uh, or not Diaz, you got to let these guys roll, stop bringing up the rookies. I mean, if you want to get them on a spot start to maybe relieve Syndergaard and give him an extra week off or something, that's fine. But I think as far as a six-man rotation, I, I think it's useless right now. Uh, we saw the experiment with Silseth. He's he's there. He's got the stuff to be a major league pitcher, but he needs a little bit more grooming down in the minor leagues. And I think Diaz is just about there. He's getting close. But, again, uh, it's not a guy I want to see start every six games just yet. And he proved it in this game. He only went inning and two-thirds. He didn't even throw that many pitches. But Nevin had a quick hook. Uh, Nevin's more of a old-school guy. He's not as not, he's not going to do that with his main guys, but he's going to do that with the rookies. He's going to make them prove themselves. Uh, Diaz surrendered three runs on five hits, two walks, and a strikeout, but he did throw a lot of pitches. Archie Bradley came in, pitching inning in a third, scoreless. Uh, Andrew Wants got lit up a little bit. He gave up three runs, and then Jaime Barry gave up two runs in three and two thirds. He did really nice relief. I think Jaime's another guy that could be a spot starter, but I don't know if the Angels want to go with him moving forward. But as you look at it, the Angels lost this game uh, 7-3, to giving up one run in the fourth and three in the sixth. So the Angels would drop that one, and then we would fast forward to uh, game two, which was on Saturday, which, again, was yesterday and was real fun. They The Angels broke out the City Connect jerseys, and uh, they looked really good <clears throat> in doing so. Uh, the, the Angels scored two runs in the first inning, proceeded to get another in the third, two more in the fifth, three more in the sixth to go up eight to nothing before the Mets even got on the board. And then uh, it was nine to one. Uh, after that, the Angels scored a run in the bottom of seventh, and then they got two more in the eighth and won that game going away before the Mets got four garbage runs, uh, 11 to six. Angels did have three errors, 11 runs and 15 hits, six runs and 10 hits for the Mets. Uh, for the Angels in this game, Brandon Marsh went two for uh, – no, he went uh, – had two walks, 0 for 3, but he scored two runs. Mike Trout hit two home runs in the game, three RBIs. Tyler Wade went one for one. Shohei Otani hit a solo blast and had three RBIs, three for four. So the two guys that could carry a team by themselves showed you why they're superstars. They both went three for four and had three RBIs. That was That could have been good enough for a win or, you know – or at least a tie right there. And then he had Rendon getting a hit. But the big story of the game in this one was Jared Walsh going four for five, getting his first career cycle, three RBIs, a home run, single, double, and triple. That's how you get it. So he went four for five in this game. Max Stassi went one for four. Lagaris a disappointing 0 for four. Renifo one for four. And Velasquez one for four in this game as well. Now, again, he had a home run in this game. The game prior to this, or prior to the Mets series, he had a uh, three-run homer, right? That was the difference in breaking that snap against uh, the streak against Boston. I bring that up because prior to that, he was one for 34. And he hit a home run, and he he, he pointed to his, his uh, dugout like, I'm the man, or that's me. You know what I mean? That's th- To me, again, I stressed it on the post game. I love – when guys celebrate, I think charisma celebration is part of the game. It should be celebrated and should be um, not looked down upon like it used to be, like an unwritten rule. I think it's good to let the kids play, quote unquote. But I do not like the fact that he's showboating for a guy who was one for 34. 
You're one for thirty-four. God damn it! You're not in a you're not in a hitting streak where you're like, oh, you know, he's 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 hot. He's five for nine right now. He's tearing it up. Or he's six for eleven, and and you know, he's killing the ball. No, you're one for thirty-four. Just circle the bases, celebrate when you get in the dugout. You know what I mean? Put the hat on when you get in the dugout. To me, I thought that was uh, – I want to talk to him if I was a hitting coach or if I – but we don't have a hitting coach because it was – as we talk about on this show all the time, Jeremy Reed is a Pokemon master. He doesn't pay attention, although I'll get what to what he did in the next game. And Paul Sorrento's fat ass is finally – since I might as well get to it now. Both of these guys who have been doing nothing at all for this team – uh, on the bench or anything else like that, they are finally starting to do something as far as you're actually seeing Sorrento stand up. He's not sitting on his fat ass the entire game because Phil Nevin's there now. He's a no-nonsense manager. And then you have Jeremy Reed, who's actually showing guys how to use a tablet to check out scouting reports and what they did right or wrong, which I hadn't seen all season up until the last couple games. I saw it on ESPN tonight. I saw it in a couple other telecasts since Phil and Evans took over because those guys have been the useless hitting coaches of all time, and they are pathetic. Michael Lorenzen pitched really good in those new City Connect jerseys, which are top-notch in my opinion. They look beautiful. He pitched six in a third, six hits, allowed one earned run, four strikeouts. Aaron Loop struggled again, but he got through it. He pitched two-thirds. Or Ortega gave three runs late, was only charged for three. He really gave up four runs in this one. Um, or you get a one earned run, I'm sorry, on three hits and two innings, but he should have been charged for four runs. I think it was errors that allowed the other runs to score. So, with that being said, the Angels would win their second game for uh, Phil Nevin, which was nice after Otani had got the win. They were 2-2 two and two under uh, Phil Nevin. Uh, as we switched over to now, the game with, as I get over here to the stats, which was today, uh, the Angels' offense went back to playing crappy. The Mets would get their 40th win of the season to go to 40 and 22, best in the National League East, while the Angels dropped again four games under 29-33. The Angels are now sitting three and a half back of Boston for the wild card, and they are also now nine games back of the Houston, uh, I was going to say Rockets, the Houston Astros right now. Uh, the Angels have uh, a lot, you know, I don't see them catching the Astros. I'll just be honest with you. But I do see this team getting fire at some point and, and and getting into the postseason as a wild card. I'm hoping not the last wild card, but I hope they get in there as a strong wild card because um, this team has too much talent to be floundering. And I think that Phil Nevin is with more and more batting practice helping these guys out. I think the offense is going to come through. Uh, the pitching has been there all season. They've had a couple dust ups to where they've allowed some runs to score and but for the most part, you had a game like today where you give up only four runs. Yes, the Mets had 11 hits, but you only give up four runs. That should be enough to keep you in ball games, and it was for the most part, and enough for a team like this to score five runs and get a W. But we have not seen come from behind victories with this team. We've not seen any consistent hitting with this team. I think that at some point they're going to have to make a decision on second base and shortstop, whether it's via trade or through the organization, when either Fletcher gets back or Stefanik comes up, or they're going to have to go outside to get some power right there. They're going to have to get a backup catcher because the catching position outside of Stassi, which he can't play every day, has been a problem. Uh, Suzuki's terrible, god-awful, 
And, uh, you know, what are we going to do with Adele? There's a lot of question marks right now. And I think this is a chapter of how are we going to get through this? Because this is an important part in the Angels season. Now, as we look what happened on Sunday Night Baseball, the Angels continued their lackluster performances on primetime or on game of the week. The only game of the week we've won this year is against the Chicago White Sox, and we barely won that game on a Saturday. We've lost every other primetime game, whether it's Google TV or whatever the hell it is, which is those terrible broadcast anyway. Uh, the Mets scored, well, the Angels scored one, uh, first, which usually when they score first, they win, like the night before, but uh, they scored first, gave up the lead in the third, gave up another run in the fourth, and then a run garbage time in seventh and in the ninth. Um, In this game, though, however, I'm going to give it up to another guy who's being overlooked by the Angels fans. A lot of people talk when they start talk starting pitching. It's always Otani, Syndergaard and Lorenzen. But the real star on this team that has been pitching good, even in a loss like he did today, was Patrick Sandoval. You really can't blame the guy. Two runs on eight hits. Yes, sometimes he gives up some hits to uh, allow traffic on the bases. But for the most part, this season, he's pitched out of jams. And he's pitched really good. He's only had one stinker. He had eight strikeouts, two walks, two earned runs, two, eight hits allowed. He did throw about 100 pitches, but he pitched a solid, good enough to win start. But Aaron Loop surrendered a uh, earned run in the seventh inning, two-thirds pitch for him. And then Archie Bradley pitched a third of an inning. He gave up that hit. Uh, Ryan Tapera, another outstanding performance for him. An inning with a strikeout, no runs, no hits. But Rossiel Iglesias continues to struggle, especially in opportunities that are non-safe. And he's had some safe situations that are bad right now, too. Rossiel Iglesias gave up a solo shot tonight, and uh, he unfortunately has a ERA of 464 right now. He's 1-4. and four. He's not pitching like he did uh, last season. That's for damn sure. In this game, uh, Brandon Marsh had two more hits at the leadoff spot, so that's encouraging. We want to see him. Uh, as a, I, I've been saying it since day one. If he can hit... And stay consistent, lay out those high strikes. This guy could be your prototypical leadoff guy for right now. Mike Trout went one for four. He did get an RBI in this one early on. Rendon, that's after Marsh had doubled. Rendon uh, got a walk. That's it. Jared Walsh had a hit today coming off the cycle. Two more hits for Matt Duffy, who's been playing really good. They moved him to that five spot. Another Albatross in the lineup, Juan Lagares. I think it's time to give up on the Lagares situation and uh, I think we need to, to go another route because, you know, if it wasn't for Adele not being in the Angels' favor, I'm pretty sure Lagarce would have been DFA'd. He has no more options left, so it's not like we can send him down. Then another guy who sucks complete ass is Kurt Suzuki. I'm tired of this guy. I really want to see Thice up here or Wallach. Somebody else. Just give me somebody else other than, than Kurt Suzuki. I can't stand this guy. He's trash. Uh, Tyler Wade, I've been disappointed in because as much as he can drop down a bunt, look really good, um, and get a couple hits and maybe hit a home run, uh, he'll come out with a game like today where he misplayed a ball that cost us a run and extended an inning and, in center field. He's done it in right field. Um, he's done it on, at second base, and then or he'll get thrown out, which is my favorite. He's like the one angel besides Otani that gets thrown out all the freaking time. Um, he gets thrown out, picked off, everything. He's always in some sort of a, uh, you know, challenge to where the, where the Angels lose, and he always has that dumb look on his face. And then he puts up an over three as well. So not only did he cost us a run, he did absolutely dog shit tonight. And speaking of dog shit, Andrew Velasquez, uh, over two again. So again, uh, you're. 
I say three for 40 now. So you want to pump your chest again. You want to have those cocky looks. And guess what, Andrew Velasquez, in the last five games, you've had three errors. So that squid defense isn't exactly working. Are we going to dress up like him again? Look, I'm critical of the guy until he starts hitting. I really want every angel to, to be good, but I know right now it's not going to happen. And we have, unfortunately, the bottom of the lineup today went 0 for 14. They looked pitiful. The sixth or nine look pitiful. That's got to change via trade or through the organization because we can't have the sixth or nine hitters being just absolutely dog shit. Uh, let's see. So Patrick Sandoval's numbers for Sunday night baseball's game was, like I said, six innings pitched. He did a good job, good enough to get a quality start win, but it not uh, didn't work that way. So with that being said, I want to get into what has happened and transpired since the Angels were 27 and 17, which was, I think, the last game. It was, uh, if I'm mistaken, right? If I'm not mistaken, I should say, yes. It was the first game of the Rangers, or uh, first game of the Rangers season or series. Uh, it was a two-game series at Anaheim Stadium. The Angels were twenty-seven and seventeen versus the Texas Rangers, who are eighteen and twenty-three. They won that game five to three. They proceeded to lose the next night seven to two. They played the Blue Jays, lost six to three. Played the Blue Jays again, lost four to three. That's another one-run game. Uh, Blue Jays beat them six to five. They lose eleven to ten. So three of the four games against the Blue Jays. They lost by one run and could have won any of those, including the 6-3 to three game, which was put away late. Now, the Yankees series is a different story. They got pounded 9-1. to one. They could have lost that one 19-1. They lost the next game 6-1. to one. They were kind of in that game but let it go late. Uh, the game they should have won was the Thursday finale in New York where they lost 2-1. to one. They, left a bunch of, uh, they had a bunch of opportunities to take the lead in that one. Uh, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi when they went to Philly. Uh, and the Angels got blown out 10 to nothing. Uh, they were never really in that game at all. Uh, the second game, same thing, 7-2. Phillies get an easy win. The finale, they should have won, uh, but uh, the, the bullpen blew that one in the ninth inning, 9-7. Uh, to seven. And then uh, against the Red Sox, they should have won the first game. They lost one to nothing. They lost 6-5 to five to the Red Sox on Tuesday, which, is, which got Madden fired. And then they got in um, – they pretty much brought along uh, Phil Nevin in his first game. They should have won, but for the second time in that series, they lost one to nothing. And then they uh, they beat the Red Sox finally five to two on that three run homer by Squid. It was a difference. And then we just went over the Mets series here. So so far in five games, the Angels are two and three under Phil Nevin, interim coach. Uh, we're, we are seeing differences in the way they've played and how way he calls uh, games and also uh, gets, you know, utilizes the bullpen a little bit of different in the lineup, but not too much uh, um, per se right now with that. Uh, uh, what is it with the way Nevin does things according accordingly uh, a little bit different than what Joe Madden did is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, I got tongue twisted right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to put up starting rotations here. Uh, for the um, what is it? Uh, rotation here, projections here, MLB starting rotations here. For uh, let's see, for the Dodgers series and Angels, I want to get you that rotation start starting here. Um, let's see, hold on a second here. The Dodgers will be uh, throwing. Oh, let's see, hold on. Uh, no, the predictions right here. Um, Starting rotation predictions uh, weekly. 
All right. Uh, let's get into that. All right. So the next seven days here, we got the games up here for the Dodgers. Sorry for bearing with me right there. Uh, so it's going to be for the Angels. They're going to throw Noah Syndergaard versus Tony Goslin. Goslin is 7-0. and uh, Syndergaard is 4-4. Four and four. He's been sometimes really, really good, sometimes really bad. And uh, you got Reed Detmers, who, like, those last two starts, like, after a couple starts after the no-hitter, he was really bad, couldn't get in out of the fifth inning. But the last couple starts, he's pitched good enough to win. He pitched good enough in New York, and he pitched, I think, good enough in Boston or against Boston. Uh, he's two and two. Uh, Reed Detmers will be going up against Anderson, who's also seven and zero. So the Dodgers have two pitchers who are highly overrated seven and zero because of their hot hitting streak, and because of the fact that they played a lot of no name teams, and a lot of teams take Bueller, Kershaw, and uh, Urinal Cake Urias. Uh, seriously, but not these two numbnuts here who have gotten uh, the credit. I mean, they're good pitchers, but they faced uh, whack lineups or bad teams or, you know, fourth and fifth starters for other teams. So that just goes to show you the Dodgers are stacked. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Dodgers suck. I'm not going to be that that guy. I'm going to I'm going to tell you how it is. And unfortunately, the Dodgers have a freaking good team. Uh, I hate saying it because I hate them as you know, in, in, you know, in all actuality, I, I can't stand the Dodgers for anything. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, I mean, since they played the easy-ass Diamondbacks and swept them, uh, the Dodgers lost 6-5 to five to the Pirates on May 30th. They lost 5-3 to three to the Pirates on May 31st. They lost 8-4 to four to the Pirates on June 1st. Uh, they did meet, beat the Mets 2 to nothing. They beat the Mets 6-1 uh, to one on June uh, 2nd and 3rd. But then the Mets would get them back and beat them twice. Uh, Saturday, nine to four, then five to four. They would beat the White, uh, the White Sox would then beat them to extend their losing streak to three. Before the Dodgers would win the final two games against Chicago, four to one and eleven to nine. Before the Giants would beat them seven to two on Friday, June tenth, and then also on June eleventh, three to two. And then today, they beat them two to nothing. So currently, they're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they've they've scuffled a bit in their last uh, ten games. Uh, we're gonna look at them right now uh, as we go down with the standings here. Well, first, yeah, in the standings for the Dodgers, Dodgers are now uh, four and six in their last ten. They're thirty-seven and twenty-three, a half game lead on the Padres and three and a half on the Giants. So they've come back to the pack a little bit right here. And as you look at the um, standings for the American League for our Angels. Angels are, like I said, 29 and 33, nine games back, unfortunately, two and eight in their last 10, but that's because they had that big ass losing streak. Um, but uh, yeah, you look at it right now, the Angels are sitting there, uh, you know, a couple games back. We're now in third third place. Uh, the Rangers have moved ahead of us, which is kind of scary. Mariners are only a game back of the Angels, so we're in a tough spot. We put ourselves in a spot to where the Mariners are starting to play a little bit better, won six out of their last 10. Uh, the Rangers have scuffled a little bit, but it, although they've scuffled, they're right there. The Also, the Astros have scuffled. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Uh, let's look at the Dodgers lineup, though. I want to show you uh, what I'm talking about as far as their stats here. Uh, we're going to get into their uh, stats in a second because uh, they're not exactly tearing the cover off the ball. You know, uh, Obviously, you know they've lost some games and stuff like that. But we're going to look at uh, their their overall stats here with their lineup here. Mookie Betts will be your leadoff guy. He's got 16 homers, 39 RBIs. Remember, he started the season really, really slow. Um, he's got 13 doubles coming in. He's now batting 278. Um, 
he he got you know he's gotten hot lately but he does have 44 strikeouts so he does strike out quite a bit um he's got 27 walks though so he can get on base other ways only six stolen bases right now coding bellinger which is a you know again he's a sucky ass hitter uh high all the time like that matters but still uh he's he's had 66 strikeouts already um second on the highest on the team he's batting just 207 He's only got seven home runs and 23 RBIs. He's not living up to uh, his potential at all. Edwin Rios uh, is got uh, was seven home runs, 17 RBIs. He's uh, his strikeouts are kind of low, but he's only batting 244. So um, what I'm trying to show you is for the lineup the Dodgers got, they're not getting as the production like they thought they were. Now a guy that I'm kind of disappointed in, I thought he would have a breakout year this year is Will Smith, the catcher. Uh, I'm glad. Well, I'm. I'm not disappointed in this fact that, oh, I wish he was doing better. I just thought that he would be better at the time. You know, I hate the Dodgers. I'm glad they're, they're sucking right now because they were talked up about being the, the constant World Series team. When you got the Atlanta Braves, the world champions on an 11-game streak that looked way more impressive with far less talent than the Dodgers have, just like they were last year. <clears throat> I'm tired of making excuses or having people make excuses for this team. A uh-huh. high on base percentage, though, for a Will Smith, although he's only batting 248, he's uh his on base percentage is 352. Trey Turner, a guy I'd like to see in Angels Red next year. He's doing his normal uh, Trey Turner th- type things. He's not going to kill you with his power, but he gets a lot of doubles. He's got uh well well he's got 14, but he makes the most of it. He hits with runners in scoring position. He's got a 351 on base percentage. He's batting 298, seven home runs and 46 RBIs. That's freaking solid. Uh, I like the guy a lot. He's got 20 walks as well. Um, you know, he's a free agent, but I'm pretty sure the Dodgers will pony up and get him back, which sucks. But I, as a shortstop for the Angels, I would love to see Trey Turner play alongside his old buddy, uh, Anthony Rendon. Another guy who I thought that was going to go to the Angels and I thought maybe had a chance, but I'm glad we didn't get him, is Chris Taylor. He's batting just 255. He strikes out a lot. He's actually leading the Dodgers with strikeouts. He's not as clutch as he was last year. Seems like he's one of those guys that gets a fat contract and can't live up to it. He's only got six home runs, 25 RBIs, 74 strikeouts, 24 walks, though. He does have a good eye at times. Even though he strikes out, he he can get on base. Um, he's still got a decent on-base percentage of 338, so uh, I, I still like that in a way but he does he does leave a lot out on the field uh freddie freeman is not having his uh you know not having a really crushing season with the dodgers as i thought he would um freddie freeman in 60 games so far has five home runs 34 rbis uh so the power isn't there but he's still driving in runs uh he's got 21 doubles to lead the uh the dodgers so he is a doubles machine uh, right now, uh, and he also has uh, what is on base percentage of 368, which is fairly good. The the other three, the other four guys I've just named have a high uh, on base percentage, along with Betts. So they do get on base. 29 walks leads the team as well. So he's constantly given a given a good uh, at bat. So in the strikeouts or whatever that 41. Austin Barnes, I'm not going to get into him. Max Muncy's another guy who's sucking ass, which I love to see because he's a cocky son of a bitch and I can't stand him. Uh, Max Muncy has four home runs somehow and 19 RBIs somehow, but he has 41 strikeouts in limited time play, and he's only batting 156, which I'm I'm very happy with. Justin Turner's another dickhead I don't like. I'm glad that he's uh, 
He's he's batting just uh, 213 for the first time in a long time. That redheaded stepchild is finally having problems at the plate. He was he talk about a guy who fell into the right situation with the Dodgers and became a star for a few years, and uh, a guy that I could not stand watching in the postseason. Um, but yeah, he uh, is batting just 213. He struck out 41 times. He he does give it. He's a hard guy to get out. But uh, but he can be he could be getting out this year for the first time in a long time because usually he would work uh, at bats and be a very difficult uh, guy to strike out or get out. He'd always come up clutch, but not this year. You're only batting 213, asshole. And uh, Gavin Lux, though, is finally coming through for the Dodgers, getting some playing time because these guys have sucked so bad. Uh, he's got two home runs, 14 RBIs. He's batting 296. You got to watch out for his left handed bat. If Gavin Lux is getting hits, you're in trouble. Uh, I'm not going to go through the rest of the team, but you you get where I'm go- going with this is that you don't have too many guys that are really tearing the cover off the ball of the Dodgers. They're having to rely on their pitching again, which their pitching is very solid again, but they are having some bullpen problems. Uh, Walker Bueller could be out some time now. He's got an injury, uh, which is elbow-related, uh, and it could be inflammation. He could be saying the dreaded, uh, you know, the T word, the TJ word, Tommy John. Uh, he's at actually a 402 ERA, which is the highest he's ever had as a starting pitcher for the Dodgers, which is crazy. A lot of pitchers would take that in a heartbeat, but that's the highest one. And then you got good old urinal cake, the useless piece of shit left-hander uh, that beats women. Uh, he's three and six with a 280 ERA in 12 games started. Uh, he's the ERA is good, but he's got six losses, which I'm very happy because he was a product of the Dodgers doing everything right and him not having to face many too, too many good pitchers last year. And he actually won 20 games. That urinal cake does not deserve 20, uh, 20 wins. Tyler Anderson, 7-0. I, I can't talk too much shit about him other than the fact that, you know, he's got three ERA. Three ERA. He's had very good run support. Um, the guy I, I'm actually I can't talk any shit about is Tony Gosselin. Tony Gosselin is 7-0 with a 1.58 ERA. Like I said, he's going to be facing Syndergaard. I'm, I'm thinking the Angels will will toss a loss on one of those two guys. So I'm, I'm predicting a split with the Dodgers, and the Angels will toss a loss on one of those dudes. But Gosselin's been a workhorse. And just look at these ERAs. I mean, you can't – as much as I hate the Dodgers, you can't really hate on their – again, their pitching has always been outstanding – uh, you know, they had Rich Honeycutt for years, which kept this team together. And then you now you have Mark Pryor who's doing a good job. Um, again, you have 7-0, 7-0. The next starter is Clayton Kershaw. And he's just 4-1 and with a 2-12 ERA. So I know he hasn't pitched a lot. He's only pitched 34 innings, but that's still pretty damn good. Evan Phillips is 1-2 and with a 2-19 ERA and 24 innings pitched. Uh, they've gone with um, Mike Mitch White, who's 1-1 one one with a 3-8-2 ERA. Uh, Daniel Hudson, former Angel, former everything. Uh, he's two and three out of the bullpen, two six six ERA. Craig Kimbrell, their big acquisition as far as a closer, has not lived up to the hype. Just like Inglesius, Inglesius has a four ERA. So does Craig Kimbrell. So the two closers can be um, gotten at some point. A guy from the past, a blast from the past, David Price is out there with a four ERA in, in relief. It's hard to believe. That dude is a relief pitcher. Uh, I thought he would have left the Dodgers to to try to start again, but uh, not so much. He's in that mop-up role for the Dodgers. But that's enough of the Dodgers uh, breakdown right there. Uh, like I said, I'm going to get into this one. I like the Angels to split the series with the uh, the Dodgers to either hang a loss on Goslin 
uh, or the other dude. Uh, I, I really like the Angels because they, they play really good. I mean, I would like them to win both, and that'd be a nice little uh, start to get them uh, hopefully in the right direction, but I just don't see it right now. Uh, again, whenever they play at Chavez Ravine, even though they play Dodgers good, that's a hard place to win a lot of games, and especially to get a sweep, whether it's a two-game or a uh, you know a three-game series, which it normally is. Because what I don't like what the schedule makers do for the baseball is they they give the Angels a four game or four games with the Dodgers like they did this year, and they put two in the middle of the week and two in the middle of the week for the uh, the both series. So to, to I, I guess. I don't know what for what reason, but both series where the Dodgers and Angels will be played in midweek form, and then next year we'll be back to two weekend series, one Dodgers and one Angels. So it's a little weird how they do that. It's every other year we're either during the week or we're on the weekend. Uh, some people say it's to uh, to keep down the violence because there's violence when the Angels play the Dodgers in, in spring training and uh, especially at the Big A for that freeway series or at Dodger Stadium. So after the two games with the Dodgers, um, we'll wrap this up here. After the two games with the Dodgers, uh, they get the Mariners for five. Yes, five. They will play a doubleheader because, again, we lost six games in the first week, uh, two weeks of the season. So we're going to make those up. So that's how we're going to do it. This will be game two of the doubleheaders uh, remade. We played one doubleheader up in Oakland and actually got a sweep up there. So the Mariners now, this series didn't count much before the losing streak because they were way in our rearview mirror. But since losing all those games, the Mariners are just a game out. So we got them for five games. We could either clean up right here in this stretch although they're playing much better. And then we got the Royals for three, which this team right now, the Royals, is getting beat by teams like Baltimore. Um, they have slid down to about last place in their division. They used to be real. I mean, I picked them to finish third possibly. And they are just not showing up under Mike Matheny like I thought they were. They played really good towards the end of last season, and I would thought they would carry that over. So after that Royals series, then – uh, they have three more with the Mariners. So you have eight games in 11 days or eight games in 12 days against the Mariners. And then you got the Chicago White Sox who, who knows? Tony La Russa might be the next guy to get the ax for, uh, as a major league manager, um, because, uh, of their inability to play good. So those three games will close out July or June. I'm sorry. And then you have the series that counts. If the Angels can get any of these games, make up any ground coming up in the next couple weeks, because then you have the Houston Astros for three. Will that series matter, or will the Astros be up double digits and it just won't matter at that point? That's the big question. Can this team get back into contention? If we're about six games out, you know, if we trim that lead down to six by that time, or maybe even five, that series with Houston looms very large because you can completely get back into the, uh, the division race, winning two out of three with, uh, with the Astros or sweeping. So it's it's we're we're gonna have to see how things go. I, we really will. Uh, this is gonna be a uh, a different uh, different. Um, it could, it could be one of two things. Like I said, it could be a series where we're just trying to uh, keep pace with a wild card, not worry about Houston, or we could be worrying about Houston right there. So 
Some interesting games that come up, and I think what it is, when I talked about chapters in Angels baseball season 2022, I talked about the first chapter being the great start and everyone's thinking that this team is playoff bound like nothing, like betting their house on it. And that 14-game losing streak, however it happened, with all those one-run losses and stuff, they could have changed their – if they could have got a bounce here, bounce there, a home run here, a home run there, a drive in a run here, those, that whole 14-game losing streak changes. But they couldn't get it done. They just and they got in their own way. And then now they're two and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, two and three in their last five. So you've lost, you know, sixteen out of nineteen. Uh, so they really, they really need to turn around here and get back in the wild card. Like they're they're right there for the wild card. But I think teams like Bo- like the Boston that's right there at the end of that division, which they got to deal with Tampa, Toronto, New York, who are much stronger than they are. Are they, they're going to hang some losses on them, and it's a good opportunity for the Angels to win these games upcoming, hopefully turn things around, get in a groove, and jump them for the wild card, and then see what happens with the division later on. But right now, the division looks like a pipe dream. The Angels just got to focus one game at a time, and I think their first goal has got to be get to 500 and stay above it. And once you do that, win series as you're going along. If you're winning series, you get above 500 easily, and then you'll see where you're there, um, where you're at with the playoffs. So that's everything up to date. Um, this is a solo show. A light, it's a light, you know, light show because we're not, uh, you know, I don't have a co-host. Next time we will, and we'll have things together and have a better episode for you. So hopefully you guys endured, and I gave you enough information. The Angels heading out to uh, Los Doyers, and let's see if we could steal at least one or beat them in both. That'd be freaking amazing. Fuck the Dodgers. Go Angels and go Halos in the infield. Check us out the next time you get a chance, will you?